Welcome to The Mysterious Murdochs, a multi-episode podcast brought to you by Bed Crime Stories and Carnage Street. If you haven't yet listened to episode one of The Mysterious Murdochs, you'll want to do that before listening to episode two. Episode two, When the Fog Cleared. It's a sad fact in life that sometimes one action by one person on one night can lead to unforeseen effects on many people for every night of the rest of their lives. Young Paul Murdoch would have to learn this lesson the hard way. You could even say he had to learn it in the hardest way possible. When the fog cleared, suddenly the previous night's revels, including the five hours the sixteen spent at an oyster roast, and then the boat trip to downtown Beaufort, were no longer the stuff of happy post-high school memories, but I'm getting ahead of myself. The morning after the boat crash, officers from the Department of Natural Resources, or DNR, began examining Alex Murdoch's 2005 17-foot Sea Hunt Triton 172 boat. Here's how they described it after the crash. The front left side, which would be the driver's side, is split open from the nose all the way to the back. There's a six-foot gash where the boat actually came apart at the seam. End quote. The officers also took photos inside the boat. Some of them show coolers filled with beer still floating on ice. After interviewing the survivors, who were all described as grossly intoxicated. Investigators were able to piece together a visual of where each passenger was either sitting or standing at the time of impact. According to the survivors' statements, Paul Murdoch was standing at the helm holding the wheel, and Connor Cook was standing beside him. Paul's girlfriend, Morgan Doty, was perched next to Connor's girlfriend, Miley Altman, on a cooler at the front of the boat. The other couple, Anthony Cook and his girlfriend, Mallory, were sitting directly on the deck at the back of the boat. According to the teenagers' depositions, at this point on the boat that night, Paul was extremely drunk, belligerent, and acting like he was on drugs. The twisted, Timmy part of his personality seemed to have taken over. The teens also stated that Paul was becoming agitated and was fighting with his girlfriend, Morgan. Morgan even alleged that Paul slapped and spit on her as she sat on the cooler with Miley. According to Connor Cook's attorney, Joe McCullough, when Paul left the wheel to head to the front of the boat to argue with Morgan, Connor took control of the wheel to guide the boat. According to McCullough, that is the extent of Connor's operation of the boat. End quote. It was after the fight with Morgan that Paul stalked back to the wheel, pushed down on the throttle, 
and drove the boat straight toward the Archer's Creek Bridge. The teens all saw the bridge coming toward them, but they were powerless to stop Paul. When the boat slammed into a piling near the bridge, all six passengers were violently ejected into the water. Five of the boaters surfaced, but Mallory Beach was nowhere to be seen. Note that in some articles I've read about the case, it said that only three of the passengers were ejected into the water. However, I now believe that all six were ejected into the water. Connor Cook was the one who dialed 911. His call brought the Beaufort County Sheriff's Department, the Port Royal Police Department, the Paris Island Marshal's Office, Emergency Medical Services, and the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources to the scene. Police dashboard cameras that night captured conversations between the hysterical teenagers and law enforcement. In one discussion, police officers can be heard talking about Paul Murdoch's cell phone. According to the recordings, two adults had a discussion about finding a cell phone that they thought belonged to Paul Murdoch. However, there is no record in the investigative file of Paul Murdoch's cell phone ever being collected on the night of the crash. Connor Cook's attorney said this of evidence taken after the boat crash. There's an unusual amount of evidence that seems to be unaccounted for. Paul Murdoch's clothing, his pants, his cell phone, his wallet, these are things not accounted for, end quote. A Beaufort County Sheriff's officer later testified that he saw Paul's cell phone at the crash scene, but didn't collect it because he thought the investigation would ultimately be turned over to the DNR. He said he thought his agency was only assisting. However, a DNR officer on the scene indicated that he never saw Paul Murdoch's cell phone, his clothes, or his wallet. Because three generations of Murdoch men had served as elected prosecutors for Hampton County for more than eight decades, the Murdochs had a very close relationship with local law enforcement. Some people even said that the Murdochs owned law enforcement. Over the years, these Murdoch prosecutors had convicted many people and even sent some to death row. Was Alec Murdoch able to control which evidence was seized at the crash site and where it ended up? We can only guess. Anthony Cook was still refusing to leave the scene. He wanted to wait until Mallory was found. The other teenagers, Paul, Morgan, Connor, and Miley were taken to the hospital for medical attention. Connor Cook had a fractured jaw, and Morgan Doty had a serious hand injury. DNR investigators soon arrived at the hospital to interview the four survivors. According to one DNR officer's report, while he was in Paul's hospital room trying to interview him, Paul's father attorney Alec Murdoch, and Paul's grandfather, Randolph Murdoch, a former solicitor for the 14th Judicial Circuit 
in South Carolina, showed up. The officer's report indicates that upon the two men's arrival, the interview was immediately stopped. It's important to note that Alex Murdoch worked as an attorney representing injured persons in all areas of personal injury law, including trucking cases, products liability, and wrongful death. He also served as a part-time prosecutor for the 14th Judicial Circuit. Alex Murdoch was an expert in personal injury cases, so he would have known what needed to be done to protect his son Paul and himself as the owner of the boat from being held responsible for the crash, for Mallory Beach's death, and for any injuries the other passengers suffered. Although Alec normally represented injured parties, in this situation, and on this night, he was likely keen to take on more of a defense attorney's stance. Court records allege that at the hospital, Alec Murdoch went to each teenager's room and told them to remain silent when questioned by investigators. It appears that Alec Murdoch was acting in lawyer mode. Connor Cook later testified that Alec Murdoch stopped him while he was in a wheelchair being taken to an examination room and told him that he didn't need to tell anyone who was driving the boat. Mallory Beach's mother, Renee, after finding out about Alec Murdoch and Randolph Murdoch's behavior at the hospital, said this, That night, I'm worried about finding my child, and they're worried about how they're going to cover up Paul driving. End quote. It's important to note that Alec Murdoch has denied telling Connor Cook not to talk to law enforcement. The South Carolina State Law Enforcement Division later launched a criminal probe into whether Alec Murdoch obstructed justice in the boat crash investigation. After being told about the crash, Mallory's parents drove to the crash site. Mallory's mother later described those moments at the water's edge. I just kept praying that they would see her on a sandbar or somewhere that just couldn't get to us, but she was safe. End quote. Tragically, Mallory Beach's parents did not get the miracle that they were praying for. A week after the accident, two fishermen located Mallory's body more than five miles downriver from the crash site. The coroner's office later reported that Mallory died of drowning and secondary blunt force. On Thursday, March 7th of 2019, a little less than two weeks after the boat crash, Mallory Beach's family and friends gathered at the Open Arms Fellowship Church in Hampton, South Carolina, to say their final goodbyes. Her friends and family described Mallory as a sweet, kind, and caring young woman. One can only imagine the anguish that the Beach family felt, losing a child to an accident that didn't need to happen. Well, that's something they will probably never get over. It's unknown if any of the Murdochs attended Mallory's service or sent flowers. I'm assuming that they would likely not have been welcome there. About two weeks later, 
on March 29th, Mallory's mother filed a civil lawsuit against three entities. One, the Parker's Convenience Store, where Paul Murdoch purchased alcohol on the day of the crash. Two, Alex Murdoch, who owned the boat. And three, Paul's older brother, Buster, whose ID Paul used to purchase alcohol. Renee Beach explained why she filed the lawsuit as follows. What motivated me was getting evidence of everything before it disappeared. I knew who we were up against and how things would probably disappear if we didn't. End quote. Parker's convenience store responded to the lawsuit by denying that it had knowingly and willfully sold alcohol to a minor. And you may be wondering how the Murdochs responded to the lawsuit. Well, as you can likely guess, they and their attorneys, yes, they hired a team of high-powered attorneys to defend them, denied all wrongdoing, including denying that Paul's brother, Richard Murdoch Jr., better known as Buster, knowingly gave Paul his driver's license to purchase alcohol on the day of the crash. Two months after the boat crash, Paul Murdoch was officially charged with three felony counts of boating under the influence resulting in the death of Mallory Beach and seriously injuring two other passengers, Connor Cook and Morgan Doty. The charges were symbolically filed on April 18, 2019, on what would have been Mallory's 20th birthday. Two weeks later, on May 6, 2019, guided by his defense attorneys, Dick Harputlian, who was also a state senator from the 20th District of South Carolina, and Jim Griffin, Paul Murdoch pled not guilty to all of the charges. The judge released him on a $50,000 personal reconnaissance bond. If convicted of the charges, Paul would be facing up to 25 years in prison. Note that Paul Murdoch never spent even one night in jail. His lawyers were able to keep him out of there, even right after he was charged. Note that this was not the first time Paul Murdoch had been in trouble with the law. According to court documents and the DNR, in Beaufort County in 2017 on Memorial Day, the then 17-year-old Paul was accused of alcohol possession, and on May 29th of 2017, DNR officers charged Paul with the purchase or possession of beer or wine by a minor. Two of Paul's friends were also charged that day for the same offense. Those same two friends were also on the boat on the night of the crash. I believe that would likely mean that the two friends were cousins, Connor Cook and Anthony Cook. Paul's father, Alec, acted as his attorney for the 2017 case, along with another Beaufort attorney. After the jury trial was rescheduled five times that year, Paul was sentenced in May of 2018 to attend an alcohol diversion program. After Paul finished the program, the charges against him were dismissed. It certainly helped his case 
that attorney-slash-state senator Dick Harputlian vouched for Paul Murdoch's character, saying it was, and I quote, very good. Clearly, it pays to come from a family with deep legal roots and to have powerful friends in high places. I'm going to insert my personal opinion here and say that the impression I'm getting of Paul Murdoch from all of this is one of an entitled and rather spoiled young man whose parents would use any means to wipe their son's criminal record clean. No parent, of course, wants their child's future marred with a felony conviction that could dissuade colleges from accepting him or employers from hiring him. I mean, Paul was basically just barely out of high school, and the three felony charges resulting from the boat crash were such that they could ruin his future before he'd even started living it. I'm not condoning his behavior or that of his father. No way. I'm just trying to illustrate the situation from Paul's parents' perspective. Paul was someone who I think could have benefited from having to face the consequences in this first encounter with the law in 2017. What if he'd had to suffer in some big way for possessing alcohol as a minor at age 17? Could that have scared him straight so that the boat crash would never have happened and Mallory Beach would still be alive? We can only speculate. Sometimes parents, in their desire to protect their children, go too far and end up contributing to their kids' delinquency. For Paul, other than awaiting a possible trial for the charges resulting from the boat crash, life pretty much went on as normal. He went to the University of South Carolina in Columbia to pursue a degree. While there, he lived with a fellow classmate in an apartment on Wally Street. It's unclear whether he gave up his partying ways after the boat crash, but from what I can see, he did not have any other run-ins with the law. Because the court system was backed up, partially because it always runs late, and partially because of the COVID pandemic, it was not until June of 2021 that the case against Paul Murdoch moved forward. On June 4th of that year, court ordered mediation in the wrongful death lawsuit failed. It seems that the parties could not come to an agreement. It was painfully obvious that Paul was definitely headed for trial. Next time on The Mysterious Murdochs, we'll head into the shocking events of June 7th of 2021, when 22-year-old Paul Murdoch and his 52-year-old mother, Maggie, are assassinated in cold blood at the Murdoch Hunting Lodge. Were their deaths connected in some way to the fatal boat crash? Was the double homicide of mother and son an act of revenge done by someone angry over Mallory Beach's death? Or was the perpetrator someone closer to home? Join me next time for episode three, where we'll go through the events of June 7th, when Paul Murdoch and his mother Maggie are shot multiple times at the family compound.